Hello everyone, it's Sunday before I post. This is host Brenda. I'm sitting on my porch right now and recording this on my headset microphone, which is why it probably sounds kind of bad. I'm just here to say that in this episode we talk about the rental for the Mulan uh, Disney Plus release, and we didn't quite have all the information about how that was going to work, so a lot of this episode is us thinking about what, <laughs> how that's going to go, and you guys know, because you're in the future, and when you're hearing this, it's Monday or beyond, and we didn't know because it was Thursday, and the, that information had not yet been released. So just know that we know, and you know, you know? Alright, thanks, now you can watch that episode. Or listen. This is an audio medium, not a visual one. Alright, have a good day. Hey, I'm Brenda. She, her. Uh, hey, I'm Austin. He, him. And this is Secret, Secret History, History of, of Nerd, Nerd Mysteries. Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. My name is host Brenda. I'm host Austin. Um, I think this is episode 14? Sure. I, I've I think officially I, lost track. <laughs> someone last night asked me, like, I think it was my mom, because um, my mom is off trying to get uh, Section 8 housing right now, mm-hmm. you know, and so she is doing, like, a sober living program. Um, mm-hmm. And she was like, how's your podcast? How many episodes do you have? And I was like, oh, mom... Uh, more than 10, because that was a whole thing, because I numbered 110 <laughs> wrong. And I have to manually, when I, like, edit it, I manually type in, like, what number it is, because they're, they're all on, like, an external drive, so, like, mm. I should know, but I do not. Yeah, I, welcome to episode this one. <laughs> Hello, it's here. <laughs> Um, Austin, you had some Marvel news you wanted to share. I do. So I'm very excited. They announced the director for Captain Marvel 2, which I believe is a tentative title. I'm sure like Marvel doesn't seem to really like that for like just a two. Um, and it is Nia DaCosta, who I'm very excited about. Um, she also is slated to direct Candyman. Well, she's currently directing Candyman. It was supposed to come out this year. Um, I don't know what the plan is for that. I don't think they've announced anything yet because it was like later in the fall. So I'm sure they're just being hopeful, which can't blame them for that. Um, mm-hmm. She also did. Oh, what's her? Sh- it's like I forget the name of the show. It's little. It's not Little Fires Everywhere, but it's Little Something. Um, oh, I haven't watched TV in a while. I also i I have not seen her show. Admittedly, I'm more excited just because I follow her a lot on Twitter, and she's a mm-hmm. very smart and funny black woman so i'm excited i'm excited that marvel is giving not a white guy a shot at making a movie finally (laughs) (laughs) it's only taken 1000 years yeah man i wonder if they'll release like Candyman just like digitally like around halloween because i think it could be pretty successful around that time i think so too and i think it's one of those films if people don't know Candyman, um it's based on a short story, and even the old, I believe it was a 90s horror movie, I don't think it was early mm-hmm. 2000, even the old horror movie, like, touched on a lot, and but it didn't get too deep, but it's, Candyman is, he's like a embodiment of racial injustice, more or less. Um, he has a hook hand, because his hand got cut off, and replaced with a hook for touching a white woman when he was alive. He is the son of a slave. Um, so he's like a, like a, I think, like an angry ghost kind of thing, like a poltergeist. Like he can't move on because he's so angry with what happened, like his father and himself, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nia Costa has been very outspoken, like that the movie's getting, like that this movie is like about that and like what generational trauma can do to people, embodying it through this like rage ghost that runs around killing people. Yeah, I think it should be really good. Um, there's an episode of Ner- Nerdificent about mm-hmm. the original Candyman, which is a really good listen if anyone doesn't feel like watching the original. Um, it has some really good 
commentary about it. Yeah, if you want to just hear about the story and uh, a little bit how it was made and that kind of stuff, and Nerdificent, they, they're both in the industry, so mm-hmm. they, they usually bring on people who have, like, worked with people, so you get to hear some, like, some pretty neat stories. Mm-hmm. It's a good podcast. <laughs> we're just that, like that's it. we're like it's a podcast we recommend and they're like five thousand more times popular <laughs> <laughs> we're like you should you know those two are all right and it's admittedly it's admittedly like what got me more serious about making podcasts hey if if he or danny if you somehow hear this i love you <laughs> i love both of you you're both really funny and your podcast is really good and well researched and i love you thank I, you i love i love you <laughs> i love i love you <laughs> there's some there's some other uh disney adjacent news because Mar- disney owns marvel yes um mulan disney's su- former summer blockbuster mulan <laughs> um is coming to disney plus as a i think it's a one-time rental for 30 dollars. yeah and i'm still not because they haven't really told us a lot it's like do i rent it for a day do i rent it and watch it once or do you have it forever because i know with trolls you it was just a rental so you would like shell out like the 30 bucks and then you would be able to watch trolls for like a day right which even then is like people are like 30 is a lot i'm like well 30 but you know think about like i have my partner you have like your parents like 30 for Mm -hmm. three people to see a movie is what you would have paid anyway so yeah that's what i keep trying to explain to people people are like i get it if you live alone which i previously lived alone um so I would not be able to pay $30 just to watch this movie. I would have to get, like, friends together if I was still in Grand Rapids to mm-hmm. watch it. But, you know, if you have, like, a family, which, you know, it's on Disney+, Plus, it's geared towards families, like, it's pretty affordable, and you get mm-hmm. to watch it in your home, which is kind of nice. Um, I've always been very afraid of germs, so, like, this <laughs> um, new world is kind of, you know, it's working. <laughs> And I think I think what's cool is like because Disney has been pretty adamant like this is not a new business because I don't think Disney's done this for any of their movies yet they've just been delaying mm-hmm. everything, and they keep yeah. saying this is just a new business model and this is just like a one time thing. Um, a lot of people are calling for them to do this for Black Widow as well because it was also supposed to come out in the summer. But I don't know, like frankly, like why wouldn't they keep doing this? Like even even if we make it to like theaters are open again one day, what's mm-hmm. it hurt to release like? black paying for two in theaters and then two weeks later like also on disney plus for 30 bucks like i would probably just end up giving them more money because going to theater is fun and when you really like a movie you may want to see it more than once in theater but making multiple like what's your night tonight i'm gonna go see this movie again like that it gets hard especially the older you get as an adult like to make that work (laughs) yeah it's like you've got responsibilities you've got you've got a dog yeah Um, (laughs) Dogs require, that's why I have cats, I say, as I live in a house with multiple dogs. <laughs> but, it's, you know, I can literally just, like, heck off to work in the morning and leave Angel and Demon, my two beautiful cats, and I come home and they're just like, okay, now time for food. And they're fine. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so. I think this whole new business model could be really good for families um, that have, like, you know, people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, cause a lot of theaters aren't accessible or, um, I know I have this problem where I can't sit for three hours straight. Mm-hmm. Um, when I get up after a movie and I have to go down those stairs, I don't know if you've ever seen me do this, Austin. I have a really hard time getting back down those stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it opens up a new possibility of making like movies more accessible for people, mm-hmm. which I think is really awesome. Or like, uh, people with autism who like movie right. theaters are incredibly loud Right. And um, it's very difficult to kind of handle that like sensory mm-hmm. aspect of it, which is why a lot of movie theaters will do like special sensory showings of movies where the lights are on and the volumes turned down. Um, and then lastly, um, people with like um, in the like who are deaf or uh, have like audio processing disorders, mm-hmm. um, it would give them easier access to closed captions. Because currently, like, the captioning system for movie theaters is incredibly archaic. I was like, it's very bad. (laughs) Yeah, it's incredibly bad. So it just opens up, like, a lot of opportunity for being more accessible and letting a wider amount of, like, array of people get to see these films when they're in theaters. Right. Um, I mean, I frankly, it's like, if they had done that for, like, the new Star Wars movies or something, I would have seen it in theater for sure. mm -hmm. Because I... 
recognize I have the privilege to like do that. Like I don't have a, I don't have anything hindering me from doing it where it makes it harder. And then I totally 100% would have come home that night and rented it and just like watch my favorite scenes Watched over again. again. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> it's like when you really like a movie you see in theaters. I mean, I, I saw the Lego movie five times in theaters. Wow. <laughs> Just um, imagine Disney. You could get that, but thirty thirty dollars five times, instead of like eight or whatever. You know. Yeah, that that goes straight to you. Um, and I get that it's bad for movie theaters, uh, but a lot of movie theaters are already leaning towards making it more of an experience. Like they're incorporating like dinners. You can get dinners there. Mm-hmm. There's alcohol there, so you can kind of go hang out and drink with your friends while you watch a movie. Um, seats that are more comfortable. They're making it more of an experience, so you, you're not, like, mm-hmm. wedged into this tiny little seat, and <laughs> it sucks. Right. And, and they're popcorn. And they're branching out. Yeah. Theaters are branching out, like, contacting studios for, like, hey, can we screen Iron Giant again? Like, and people, mm-hmm. and then it's, like, it's, like, a cool thing, because, you know, I didn't see Iron Giant in theaters, um, so now I'm, like, hey, let's, uh, like, when theaters were, you know, safe, I would be, like, hey, let's have a friend night or like if my partner like let's have a date night and go see iron giant and like get dinner and like it and so they're definitely i think which it's, it's theaters more so than tv have definitely realized like so we need to stay relevant and they're doing yeah. a good job at it <laughs> yeah like showing like ghibli movies which a lot of them like weren't originally released here in theaters so like my neighbor mm-hmm. totoro i don't think had an original theatrical release mm-hmm. um the original fox version of the movie right um and um what else yeah iron giant's a big one because i when they re-released iron giant for its like anniversary i don't remember what anniversary 10th 15th i don't know something like that um yeah they released it in theaters i got to take my friend who had never seen it at all wow and i'd never seen it in theaters and you know take them to come see it and it was just an incredible experience and i definitely cried a lot (laughs) and yeah so i think it's it's i feel like disney saying that because they're Disney, you know? I don't know if uh, they have some... They probably have deals with theaters all over the world that they don't want to freak out by doing this. Um, mm-hmm. But if this... I don't think anyone's disillusioned. Like, if this does well, if this Mulan movie, like... It's like, if I like it, I'll rent it again, you know, to mm-hmm. watch it. So if this performs well, then I think they'll keep doing it. I, I know the hard part's going to be... It's for sure not going to do some kind of, like, crazy numbers because... I rent it, and me and my partner can see it versus us buying two tickets, you know? Yeah. So I think that's yeah. the big thing, is they're going to have to temper their uh, their expectations because they're not going to make, like, a gajillion dollars first weekend. But over time, I'm sure they'll make more than enough. Exactly, because it's just going to keep running until... I don't know how long they'll run it. That's like, the thing, too. Like... Is it going to run indefinitely until it's time for like the normal release and it's just on disney plus is it they haven't said a lot they've kept it very vague besides 30 dollars september 4th i think so i think that's what it was so we'll see and then originally part of the rumor was black widow would also be released like this but it's not yeah that was a Um, big lie i hope okay i i either hope that it does get released on black widow does get released on disney plus or um i hope it, if it gets a theatrical release, I want it to come out in time to be able to go to a drive-in because I mm. have the privilege of living 15 minutes from a you know a good drive-in movie theater. Oh, nice! Which is an incredible um, resource to have. Like it's got like four screens. You just sit in your car. It's got like radio station instead of like the thing you put on the side of your car. Oh, neat! That's really nice. It's the um, US 23 drive-in. It's in Flint. It's really cool. It's affordable, too. Uh, and I just want it to do well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, okay, so I think our last piece of nerd news was Disney Plus announced the new Phineas and Ferb movie, uh, Canis versus the Universe, which is, I think that's what it's called. It is. And that's, I I had no idea they were working on new Phineas and Ferb, so I was ecstatic. I'd kind of heard murmurings, but they'd, there'd been murmurings for so long that I was just like, it's not happening. Like, either <laughs> if this movie's never coming out. Um, so I hope it's as good as the first Phineas and Ferb movie, because that is one of my favorite things. Um, I hope we get some new songs. I hope we get we have to. some good gags. We have to. Um, I don't know where this falls in the timeline, because I didn't. I haven't seen the last episode of Phineas and Ferb. What? But I, <laughs> I haven't. <We're> <laughs> I, what? 
how many things from this podcast am I going to find out? You're like, so I've never done this. I, I've seen these. I just never watched the last couple episodes because they just weren't out last time I did my Phineas and Ferb binge. <laughs> um, and I know it's on Disney+. Plus. They're right but there. But right now, I'm still trying to watch Detective Conan. <laughs> and I only have 60 episodes left of that till I'm caught up, so I'm making it. I'm skipping the filler of Conan, by the way, so I'm just watching manga episodes. Uh, so that's why I only have 60 left. I was like, how? Was- you absolute mad lad. <laughs> you know, I average like maybe two a day. Don't worry. Um, but whenever I finish that, I'll watch the last episode of Phineas and Ferb. But I do know spoilers for Phineas and Ferb um, and spoilers for that team's other show, Milo Murphy's Law, oh, which yeah. I also haven't seen. But I do know that in that, Doofenshmirtz becomes good. Yeah. And maybe also a time traveler. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It, Milo Murphy's Law is, like, just okay. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And I'm like, I would only watch it because Doofenshmirtz is in it. And I love him. <laughs> um, I don't know where, like, this move, this Phineas and Ferb movie takes place. Is that before his, yeah, his I don't, goodness? I don't know because the... The show ends and it's like, because Phineas and Ferb is weird because it's always summer, except when it's Christmas, and then it's summer again. It's not like uh, Gravity Falls where they wanted to do a Halloween episode and they were just like, there's a summertime Halloween festival here. <laughs> like, no, they they have a Christmas episode. Yeah. And then it's summer again. And then the the last episode is like a time skip to their last summer. What? It's, it's, <laughs> hey, I don't want to give you too many spoilers, but... <laughs> You listen to me. Um, you see Phineas as a teenager, but he has the same head, and it's not. It's, <laughs> it's unsettling. Because like Phineas, everyone else in the Phineas and Ferb world just looks like a normal person, yeah. but Phineas has a or Ferb. Sorry, wait, yeah, Phineas. God, Phineas has a Dorito head. <laughs> I don't know why they did that. It's supposed to be apparently like that he has a long nose and I'm like, but you drew like his granddad with a long nose and you didn't draw him like that. Yeah, it's like, um, why is this? He has no definition between where his nose begins and his pointed head ends. He's he's the only like flat character. Like I've seen like just horrific images of him looking straight on and how terrible it would be. Because everyone else, again, is like, you could see them in 3D, but Phineas is would be illegal in 3d and like there's in between images of the show where he's facing forward and it is horrific it's awful um so there there you go so i don't i feel like the movie has to not be then but we'll see (laughs) god that was a lot yeah um so everybody host austin's driving the car today i'm ready and we're going to take a little trip back to 1988. I was dead. <laughs> I don't think we were dead. We didn't ex- if if the per- if the idea of being born was like you were dead first, <laughs> we have to have a talk. <laughs> uh, host Austin and host Brenda are barely a twinkle in their parents' eyes. <laughs> um and Ted Turner is la- is launching Turner Network Television. Oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> I'm ready. I put the puzzle pieces together and I figured out where, I figured where, out your um, podcast puzzle. Where are we going? <laughs> Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network, everybody. Uh, so, yeah, so I went. So the story of Cartoon Network really goes back to like 1986, where Ted Turner with Turner Broadcasting bought MGM uh, from a businessman named Kirk. Kokorian, uh, yeah. He, he he is just a businessman. Like he has nothing to do with cartoons. He just owned a lot of stuff. Ted Turner bought MGM from him, and then Ted Turner went broke and had to sell it back after eighty days. <laughs> <laughs> but he got what he wanted, which is he he asked if he keep the cartoons. And again, this guy's a business. He's like, I don't care. Sure. Um, <laughs> in nineteen eighty eight, Ted Turner launched Turner Network Television, which played a lot of older classic looney tunes he already owned all of the pre-color looney tunes from mary medley's and he also already owned the popeye cartoons um Mm -hmm. and then move forward a little bit more in 1991 when me and brenda are born uh yes he 
outbids a bunch of other businessmen who were unnamed. I tried to find who they were, and it was a bunch of people who didn't put their names down, essentially. Like, they're not, they didn't win. Uh, <laughs> for $320 million in 1991 money, he bought Hanna-Barbera Productions. Yep. Um, I, $320 million, everyone, in 1991 money is billions. Yeah, and it's, this is a time when, I literally have just done research on this <laughs> for my last video. This is a time when Hanna-Barbera had tried to, like, become relevant and was just, like, failing. So, mm -hmm. like, the Jetsons movie came out in 1991 and bombed. And then they tried to reboot Yogi Bear as Yo-Yogi, um, in which Yogi Bear is a kid and he hangs out at a mall. Um, <laughs> I remember that. I saw Yep. <laughs> Flintstones, kids... Um, some they tried opening they're like, stores. What if, what if we what if we made them all kids, right? Kids like kids? Kids oh god, that's like my least favorite era of television where they're like, the only one exempt from my hatred is a pup named Scooby Doo. That one's good. That one is good. It is the only one that is good. I feel like that one tried. It wasn't just like their kid you know? Yeah, it's like you kinda you get a little more characterization than you do from regular Scooby Doo. Like everyone has like character traits. Mm-hmm. That are more defined. Um, Scooby is also very cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I feel like the other ones, when they're like, they're kids now, it just felt like that was all they did, you know? Uh, yeah. You have to kind of be like, well, why would all of these grown adults know each other as kids also? Right. Uh, with, with like Scooby-Doo, it's like they're ki still kids, so it makes sense. <laughs> uh, so he buys Hannah Prebear Productions, and now he... He owns essentially all relevant cartoons up to that era. Like, 1991 is just when Nickelodeon is getting started, so they're not a big producer of cartoons yet. So he pretty much owns all the cartoons that people care about uh, between, like, pre-Color Looney Tunes, Hanna-Barbera, Mary, Mary Medley's Popeye. And he's like, I need someone to put all these cartoons I bought. Uh, <laughs> where are we going to put these cartoons? He had TNT is filthy <laughs> with cartoons. TNT used to be <laughs> littered with cartoons. That it did. It's a wild thing because I'd watch them with my dad because these are all the cartoons my dad grew up with. Mm -hmm. So he'd be like, "Brenda, we're gonna watch cartoons on TNT." <laughs> it was if you were to watch like you'd watch like Law and Order, and then like yeah, like Bugs Bunny would come on in between Law and Order episodes. It was it was a weird time. <laughs> it was so wild. Uh. But he had some success in the 90s. He had launched CNN, which CNN was the first 24-hour news station. Like, that didn't exist before. Mm -hmm. um, so, in 92, Cartoon Network launched. October 1st, 1992, Cartoon Network had its first ever airing. Like, when it premiered, it premiered to the finale of Tchaikovsky's Overture. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it opens up and it's the Overture. And there's a bunch of cartoon explosions in the background, and then Droopy the dog comes out. <laughs> and, oh, my favorite character, Droopy. And, and he explains to people what, like, Cartoon Network is, and they called it Droopy's Guide to Cartoon Network, and he just explains how it's, like, all cartoons all the time. <laughs> He's um, like, I get that this is a new concept. I get that you have no clue what you're in for, <laughs> but let me explain. <laughs> the first cartoon it airs is Rhapsody Rabbit. Which is, it's from 1946, it's a Mary Medley short, <laughs> um, and it's Bugs when he's like, he's like putting on a concert, he's like in the long overcoat and he plays the piano, he shoots the guy. Yes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. Um, my last thing on like the start of Cartoon Network is a lot of it started as like, there are lots of shorts, because um, a lot of older cartoons were, like we talked before, for between movies or between TV shows. Um they weren't airing like full half hour episodes how people may be used to now so what they usually would do is in like half hour hour long packages and i remember this even from when digital cable started it would just be like it would just be like tom and jerry and they just play a bunch of tom and jerry shorts for like an hour mm -hmm. um or be like looney tunes and they just so and that's kind of what they did for a long for a while with cartoon network um the last time they aired any of those classic cartoons that they own the rights to was 2017 uh wow and now they've all moved to just being on boomerang but 2017 is late to still be airing like tom and jerry and bugs bunny shorts they're just evergreen titles like you know i just remember like i've probably seen 
all of the Tom and Jerry shorts because I can't stress to you enough how much they're on, they were on Cartoon Network all the time. <laughs> but I would just be like, all right, time to eat a bowl of cereal and watch a one Tom and Jerry short. Like, there's something about them that's just kind of evergreen. I don't know what it is. They're very good. They're very funny. The only hard time you have is like when we were growing up, I think they came out of it in the early 2000s, but when we were like kids, they would still air the very racist Tom and Jerry shorts. Yes. So <laughs> thankfully they did stop that. Um, and then eventually they just stopped airing like Speedy Gonzalez shorts entirely. Yeah. <laughs> Which I have a fun Speedy Gonzalez fact though. What's um, that? He's very popular in Mexico. Oh. For real. Huh. They love him. Also, Top Cat, also really popular in Mexico. Huh. I mean, Johnny um, Bravo's popular in India, apparently. Yeah. So, like, you know, like, uh, in Mexico, they're making new Top Cat movies a couple years ago. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, continue. <laughs> no, yeah, that's that's interesting. That does, this is, like, way ahead in the timeline, but that is really... Yeah. Uh, yesterday, host Brenda let me know that Johnny Bravo has a Bollywood animated film. Yeah, isn't that wild? And uh, it never aired here in America because I guess it had like specific jokes for that market. Yeah, I so I searched high and low. I couldn't find it. Anyone listening to this podcast, if you have a beat on where I could somehow watch the Johnny Bravo Bollywood film, please hit me up on Twitter. We need it for research. When Cartoon Network first got its start, it people didn't know what to think of it. Um to put in perspective originally it was only on when it first started it was on 233 cable systems Mm -hmm. um which those are like packages for cable more or less let's say uh i couldn't figure out how many systems other networks were on for like how many other packages things were on um Mm -hmm. the only thing i could find to compare it to was there about 550 thousand subscriptions for cable at the time and of those people who were subscribed to cartoon network people said it was estimated around like 10 percent of that we're watching we're like subscribed and watching cartoon network so it was it was like a very low channel um Mm. but what really helped it out is when people would sign up so when you used to sign up for cable you used to sign up for like specific channels like you didn't sign up for like like now there's big package deals where you're like you get everything except HBO and stuff like that. Yeah, man, what a dream to be able to be like, I just want like the Disney Channel and Cartoon Network right. and, and that's... not these 500 <laughs> karaoke channels. <laughs> and that's how it used to be. So Cartoon Network kind of being owned by Turner Network and Ted Turner, he just stuck it on with his other cl- channels. So if you got TNT, you would get Cartoon Network. If you got TBS, you got Cartoon Network. Like, it, Not that you asked for it. It was just like it was given to you. You had to have it. Um, so it's like you may as well watch it. And over two years, by the end of 1994, it was the fifth most popular cable channel in the U.S. Um, wow. And I want to know something that people say helped to propel to that is in April 15th, 1994, Space Goes Coast to Coast started airing. It's that old? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I don't know why my brain was always just like, oh, like 1997, I guess. 1994. 1994. And it was a Cartoon Network show because it, it eventually moved to Adult Swim, which is how I knew it. Mm-hmm. But I can't imagine yeah. it airing on Cartoon Network. Like, that sounds bonkers. Yeah. Early Cartoon Network was so much. <laughs> <laughs> what well, early Cartoon Network really found, like, a home with... Um, teens and like young adults because their shows were so you had like i have a quote here where is it a really good quote i was like that's a really good line to say (laughs) here it is um so cartoon network appealed to young adults and teens because it had a special spot between like what other cartoons were doing it wasn't as their cartoons were never as like brash or crash or crass or like quote-unquote adult as like comedy central animation that they were doing in the 90s mm-hmm. but it was also not as like after school special as nicktoons yeah um so as they were like i don't know a lot of ways there were a lot of like like looney tunes like looney tunes were just cartoons they weren't yeah uh necessarily trying to cheat you anything i mean you could say you learn stuff from tom and jerry because like tom selfish and usually loses and only wins when he's like selfless like you can say they're like 
trying to do stuff with like older cartoons like there's some lessons in there but they're mostly just like here's something that was fun to make i hope you like watching it um yeah just sheer entertainment and that just sat with people um there i found articles from 94 that specifically mentioned the cartoon channel which is cartoon network um mm-hmm. as proving itself to be a mainstay of this new brand of cable because also in the 90s cable is pretty new mm-hmm. um these networks and these like television channels that weren't beholden to the laws of the 80s that we've talked about before on this podcast like were like new ideas for people to keep making money and not be held back by laws but <laughs> it, it let <laughs> artists get stretch their legs yeah um the first exclusive original show on cartoon network uh actually wasn't space goes coast to coast even though it's like space goes coast to coast is the first show produced by cartoon network um but their first exclusive original show like someone pitched it to them and they got it is a show called the moxie show that performed oh moxie terribly every okay yeah moxie tell you got you got some words about moxie yeah moxie is a dog and he has this friend who's a flea. Uh, but Moxie is not a traditional 2D animated character. He's computer animated mm-hmm. in the early to mid-90s. <laughs> so he looks like hell. And he sounds... Oh, what's, he's like... Eh! He sounds That's- bad. He looks bad. Again, it was like early technology. It was like one of the first cartoons to try this. Was it like the first CG animated cartoon that is what people say i tried to research if anything was older and i could only find like i found out people had made like test animations and people weren't sure Mm -hmm. to count that or not but maxi is from what i could find the first cg cartoon that aired on a network and moxie was kind of like a mascot for cartoon network for a while Mm -hmm. because he originally like he would show up in between shows and do a little thing and then the show would start again right so that's where he got his start. And they were like, oh, well, this can be a show now. Yeah. And it, and it was failed. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was going to be an anthology series. And they made, they had a pilot in 93 and then one in 94. And both were tested so bad they didn't make more. <laughs> <laughs> Which They're is, just like, nicks it, nicks Moxie. <laughs> Which is pretty rough because I can only imagine how long it took to make. Because it's the 90s, like working with CGI, I can only imagine that took them like forever. Not only did it take them forever, probably, but it had to be expensive. Right. Like, compare that to Space Ghost, which is, like, um, pretty much recycled footage. Yeah. From the original Space Ghost cartoon, um, which, you know, so that had to cost, like, nothing. (laughs) And then Moxie, who is, like, a technological marvel. Did they use... One moment. Did they use motion capture for Moxie? Give me a second. Entertain the people. (laughs) Um, yeah, so Space Ghost Coast to Coast, like Brenda was mentioning, it was a... It, so Space Ghost is an old show from 1960s. Um, he was like a space superhero kind of thing. And Cartoon Network had the, this idea of like, they could recycle pretty much all of the animation and cell work to make it into like a mock talk show, which were starting to pick up traction in the 90s, um, where he had on like live action... Um, celebrities but it was usually celebrities that weren't like super famous uh and he had them on it was like very it's interesting that it first aired on cartoon network and not adult swim which came later because it's very like dry dead air kind of humor where space ghost is like yeah well what shoes are you wearing and then this there's like purposeful lag for the before the celebrity says anything and sometimes they just don't answer (laughs) god it's just so good uh but it uses him and then his two what used to be his like villains uh moltar and uh oh god what's the mantis what is his name i don't remember his name it's been so long it's not brack i want to say brack but that's another villain i think it's brack no is that a different villain brack's a different villain who gets an adult swim show oh my god (laughs) anyway his like two villains are like his like co-hosts um they later used Moltar again when they launched Toonami uh, in, the, oh wow, in 1997 it was when Toonami launched. But Space Ghost kind of like propels Cartoon Network for that whole 94 because people, especially again teens, cannot get enough of this show that they think is hilarious. Um, they, in 1995, 
a new um, anthology show pops up called What a Cartoon. Um, it comes out of Hanna-Barbera Studios. Uh, the people who run it are shitty people I'm not going to mention on this podcast who've gotten too much attention recently on Twitter already. But out of What a Cartoon, we get what I see is like the start of our golden age for Cartoon Network, Brenda. Because mm-hmm. on What a Cartoon, uh, Gindy T- Tarkovsky pitches Dex- Tartakovsky. Tar- what Brenda said. <laughs> Gennady Tartakovsky. I'm also not good at saying it. I'm sorry, Kennedy. You're very talented. You're very talented. And thank you so much for the cartoons because 1995, he pitches Dexter's Lab. Um, I always forget that he created Dexter's Lab. It's really, it's like very offbeat from what he goes on to do. It's, yeah, it's just very totally different than his future work. Um, but he makes Dexter Lab. It has a bunch of what, for some reason, a lot of articles listed as pilots, I guess because they weren't full seasons, but he made like four episodes after his short. He made a short. It aired really, it did really well in this anthology show. The short was based off of like stuff he did as a student. So it was like mostly his student work that he just recycled, which is amazing to think like he is a student and he didn't even... It like he graduated, he went to Cartoon Network, he's like, I have these shorts. They're like, sure, people love them. He made four pilots from ninety-five to ninety-six, and then mm-hmm. he got a show deal after ninety-six and the show ran from ninety-six to ninety-eight when Wow. And he left he stopped making in ninety eight to start work on Samurai Jack, which is just an absolute classic now. A masterpiece. Okay, really quick before we forget or get too far. Moxie is considered the first real-time cartoon. He was done with a motion capture suit. Oh, God. And a puppeteer. Oh, and God. And then um, his voice actor was... Give me a moment. Bobcat Goldwaite. Um, so if you know who that is, you can just hear that voice. <laughs> You've heard that voice before. I know you have. You've seen Hercules. You've heard that voice. You've heard the voice. Or he's he was in a lot of other stuff. Too, but Hercules is the one that people our age will know right. for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Wild. That's incredible. So this again, nineteen ninety three motion capture live CGI cartoon puppetry. Jeez, Moxie, you could have had it all, buddy. Could have had it all. <laughs> I feel it feels like the Tron thing, right? Where it was like they did a lot of cool technology that people needed. How was it? It was okay. <laughs> it was fine. We spent all the time. On the technology, and not nearly enough time on the concept or the writing. (laughs) (laughs) Look at these computers, though. Look what they can do. Yeah, this is neat. We will definitely use this in 1999 for Phantom Menace. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I I see that start of, like, Dexter's Lab, because after Dexter's Lab, between 97 and 99, we get Johnny Bravo, Pop-Up Girls, Courage of Cowley Dog, Ed and Nettie, Cow and Chicken, I Am Weasel. The list goes on and on. Like, the shows we grew up cow with. And chicken. I also don't like Cow and Chicken, but I had to mention I it. Will. Yeah, it is part of it. During this era, little Brenda is just absolutely fucking pissed because there aren't nearly as many old cartoons on Cartoon Network anymore. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was pissed. I was just like, excuse me, where are my Jetsons? Where did Scooby-Doo go? Like... Speed Racer, where is he? Give him back. That's fair. <laughs> um, so I just spent pretty much this whole time up until like the 2000s being incredibly pissed. Right, because they kind of, <laughs> they slowly stopped airing those older classic cartoons because it's like they, they use those classic cartoons to start. So they had stuff to show to bring in ads. And then they started producing their own stuff. Like they had this, Cartoon Network has these like booms of like, this year we're going to release a bunch of new shows and then we'll like slowly phase out the old shows and that's kind of the cycle they go through right now we're in phasing out of old shows time right uh which just looking at what their roster is right now was kind of sad craig of the creek is good craig of the creek is good is gumball done i think gumball's still chugging along but like how much longer does that little cat have they can't he can't he's holding up that network on his back (laughs) on his back he's the last one he's just like like steven universe is like all right well peace and gumball's just like hey (laughs) help Steven's like, all right, kid, here you go. And Gumball's like, please. Look at me. I have no muscles. I'm a cat. I'm a kitty cat. Yeah, we're definitely in like a... I think that we're probably going to see rebranding soon from Cartoon Network. Um, and we'll see what they do. 
Uh, Hopefully good. But that's kind of like feel- the cycle of mm-hmm. the network. I feel like they're putting a lot of energy into Adult Swim right now. They definitely are. Which, Yeah, which is fair. I know it does well. I wonder until what point will they just have their own channel for Adult Swim? Yeah. Will, will Boomerang just be destroyed? Boomerang probably will just be destroyed eventually. Um, Boomerang does pretty well. Boomerang launched. Does it? Boomerang launched everyone in two thousand, and that's because like they kind of weren't airing their old classic cartoons, and Ted Turner's like, so I still own all these old cartoons. <laughs> what the hell do I do with them? Uh, so they launched a channel, and that's they started Boomerang. Originally, like in my head, it was like classic cartoon channel, and it still is, but it's weird because yeah. like now it airs things <laughs> like Teen Titans and like the misadventures of Flapjack and Ben Ten, and I'm yeah. like. Yeah, I guess this show's, like, 20 years old, huh? Jeez. Yeah, it's like, this is classic now. Okay, when Boomerang first launched, it was just, like, they would do a weekend of just Mm Scooby-Doo. They would be like, here is Scooby-Doo weekend, and it would be nonstop, three days in a row, just commercial-free Scooby-Doo. Right. What a golden era. And Boomerang used to be cool. I used to, like, Boomerang had these cool bumpers where they would use the old... Mm -hmm. uh, characters i really love the joe sing the pussycats one that song slaps oh yeah that that was really cool and then like aside from like those music videos that they did um there were they would do like bumpers with old toys right so you got to see these really really old tin toys tin toys are fascinating um of these like characters you'd be like wow they made toys of um mcgilla gorilla really (laughs) someone bought it (laughs) someone like okay that's a character i never think about um jabberjaw Oh, right. Wow. Jabberjaw. <laughs> He's a shark. Jabber it's like Scooby-Doo. Jabberjaw. <laughs> Is that how the theme song goes? I think. Or maybe that's just the music video? Maybe. Because he had a music video, too. Not as iconic as the Josie and the Pussycats No, one. that one's like, oh, man. We're going to, oh, we'll have to put that in the show notes. It's, everyone go watch it. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. And then there was, there was also a Powerpuff Girls one, which was okay. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> um, um speaking of bumpers i don't know what you were going to lead into but cartoon network had some very iconic bumpers they sure did uh i was going to bring them up because they which bumpers are you thinking of because they have like cartoon network i feel like you can tell the era by the bumpers it's even like doing research the rebranding mentioned the logo and the bumpers change and that's how you know you're like in a new era yeah the most iconic one is definitely going to be the um the city to, was it has a name like the one where this, they all live in a city together oh together. yeah 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 that's the most iconic one to me um just because like just the concept well, i love big crossovers so just the concept of like all of these cartoon characters living together in one city mm-hmm. and having to like exist um was just like really fun and you get like just fun little shorts like the one where um johnny bravo and samurai jack are doing their laundry together at a right. laundry mat <laughs> Yeah, those were those were very good, and it was definitely like it was trying to create that sense of like togetherness. I feel like even for the network, because I remember growing up as a kid, like I liked all the cartoons, but I definitely had friends who were like, "Well, I like Samurai Jack because it's like quote unquote more adult," which it is. I mean, he Mm finished he had to finish his show in adults from everybody, so it definitely was not meant for kids originally. (laughs) Yeah, he was like, "I guess I'll make this for kids," but let me assure you, it is not for kids. They were like, hey, so he cuts up a lot of people. And they're like, yeah, and they're like, what if the people were robots instead? And he's like, I guess. Sure. And then it's fine. Then it's Y7. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> it's just robots. That's And like, you definitely got it as a kid. Like, oh, that robot's bleeding out. <laughs> yeah, it's like, there's a lot of, quote unquote, blood <laughs> of robot fluids. <laughs> That's a lot of oil. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I meant. Um, yeah, so that's, like, that, I think that's one of those things, like, um, one of the, the vice president at the time of, like, this explosion, as I call it, uh, was, her name was, I got her name, Linda Sim, I'm gonna spell it, Linda, and then her last name is S-I-M-E-N-S-K-Y. Siminski? Sure. I'm bad at white people last names, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So... Get over it. There's so much. Get, listen, give me an African last name. I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> but she was the vice president of original animation. And she reminded 
like there was some meeting um like she talked about in an interview that they she was at some meeting with like the teams and stuff and she reminded the animation teams and the other people in the animation executive department that their cartoons like what makes them special is that they appeal to adults and teenage girls and not just like eight to ten year old boys mm-hmm. um like their competitors at the time like nick i think definitely appealed to a lot of people um which i think is why nick and cartoon network are in very special places culturally because they didn't market the same way there's a helicopter i was like what is that sound yesterday like a sea a seaplane like got like really close not a seaplane you know planes with the yesterday a boat flew over my house and i was like peter pan <laughs> is it time <laughs> peter you've come <laughs> i'm definitely not 29 and you can definitely take me to do uh, neverland it'll be really good okay it'll be <laughs> Listen, Peter, please. <laughs> Peter, I don't want to be here anymore. Peter! <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, they both were like, I think they both had their appeal to not just young boys. Um, but you got to remember, like, these early 90s, like, people are still figuring out, like, what is cable and what are cartoons if they're not just on Saturday morning. Because for a long time, it was, that's when you watch cartoons was Saturday. And mm-hmm. that was it. And cartoons were for kids. That's it. Um, They're for kids so we can sell them toys. (laughs) Um, That was, like, included in the pitch for Cartoon Network. There's, like, this big, like, pitch that Turner put together Mm -hmm. in order to, like, make the channel seem, like, very appealing to, like, different carriers. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can find this on YouTube. I'll put this in the show notes. But anyway, a big part of that pitch was, like, saying, like, hey, uh, parents at this time... um, grew up with these and they like watching them too and like that was like pretty revolutionary at that point being like hey at this point adults grew up with cartoons and maybe they want to see them when they're older also (laughs) perhaps this was like a new concept they had to like lay it out like really like explain it Mm -hmm. very in depth to be like yes adults like cartoons and that that is a revolutionary idea because before then adults I don't want to say adults didn't like cartoons, but it was meant to be adults shouldn't like cartoons. Yeah. Um, it, it was childish. It was because they were like adults for the previous generation didn't grow up with cartoons. They like, they may have seen some shorts in movie theaters, perhaps like mm-hmm. in their late, like before they were like parents, but ostensibly they did not grow up with cartoons the way their kids did that are now parents. Um, yeah, really, like, the first big television cartoons mm-hmm. were, like, Hanna-Barbera shows. Um, and those were definitely ge- geared towards kids. Right. Well, wait. I need to rescind that statement. I'm sorry. The Flintstones was not made no, for kids. No, it was not. It, it aired at night, too, didn't it? <laughs> it did. It aired in prime time. So I'm going to rescind that previous statement and do some further research, and I'll get back to you someday. <laughs> Future. <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> well, I definitely... Because, like, Flintstones was another unique cartoon in that like it was it was like the family could watch it because adults should like it too because it was like a family yeah it was like a family sitcom but a cartoon yeah it was the honeymooners but in the stone age yeah and there were like gags in there that kids could watch so like um all of the the vacuum was an animal right like that sort of thing (laughs) yeah it was like and it wasn't for to sell toys like they didn't no. They, Flintstones toys existed, but they probably didn't sell well. And that's kind of like going back to Cartoon Network. Like they didn't really make Cartoon Network toys. I think they had some Samurai Jack toys because he was like an action hero. But Powerpuff Girls got a lot of toys. They did have just toys. Powerpuff Girls um, because it was that the quote unquote girl demographic, right? Um, so like lots of dolls, lots of clothes. I remember this vividly. Um, those giant bug eyes staring at me from the barbie aisle <laughs> um but you know it's interesting because both of the networks cartoon network and nickelodeon which to me as a kid were like that was my fucking like east coast versus west coast rap was nickelodeon versus cartoon network <laughs> cartoon network <laughs> disney not even a contender not even that um, not even on my mind like get out of here disney's like stuff during this era was not very strong no. like this is before recess um 
So not even it, this was bonkers. Yeah. Okay. Think of a time, people. Like, was it a Disney movie? No. Okay. Why are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah. It's like I don't care about bonkers. <laughs> no one wants to watch bonkers. He's a cop. He's a bonkers is a cop. He's a cop. Listen, when I say all cops are bastard, I mean bonkers. <laughs> bonkers. All cops are bonkers. <laughs> In this house, we say a cap, but that means all cops are bonkers. Cops are bonkers. <laughs> We're very funny. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> We're a gift to the fucking world. <laughs> um, some other some other cool things. Uh, Cartoon Network had a their own website in 1995 with AOL. That's like okay. That's pre. The Turner AOL merger. Yeah. Anyway, that's coming up. Don't you worry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's one of the biggest disasters in business history. Oh, really? That's in... Oh, yeah. That's in 1998. That makes sense. I'll have to double check. That makes sense because in 97, that's when they launched Toonami. And in 97 is when uh, Turner merged with Time Warner. Yes. Um... I forgot about that one. There were a lot of mergers happening. Yeah, Ted Turner was, he was, he was, they, they his, they were hungry boys. His company was hungry. <laughs> he was devouring everything. You couldn't, it's like, I recognize this man's face because in the 90s, you saw this yeah. stupid face a lot. If you've seen like, Fairly Odd Parents, like Doug Dimonum is meant to be Ted, it's, they're like clearly mocking Ted Turner. Yeah, and it's like, I feel like most kids who grew up with it don't get it. But like, Ted Turner was... <laughs> everywhere he made some very smart decisions in the 80s and the 90s and then some very bad ones and then just yeah disappeared i mean he's still out there but he's out there he's not dead he's out but he's uh he's out there he's no longer like the powerhouse but yeah he bought time warner which gave him which again it's interesting to see all this pivoting around cartoons because people put cartoons in like a pretty pale light because he merged with time warner and a lot of people believe it was to consolidate his ownership of all the WB cartoons. Because he had mm-hmm. some of them. But not all of them. Yeah. And he wanted all he of them. He the, <laughs> had the Looney Tunes library pr- prior to 1950s. Yep. And he wanted the whole banana. And he got the whole banana. He he got the whole <laughs> banana and then didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> He's like, what do I do with all these cartoons? I guess I'll what get it. What do with all these bananas? I guess I'll launch a new network called Boomerang and I'll put them there. Wait, why did you buy them then? I just wanted them. <laughs> I wanted to own all cartoons. It is me, Ted Turner, the cartoon man. I'm the cartoon man. Um, <laughs> but Toonami... You owe your childhoods to me, the cartoon man. <laughs> I mean, really, I don't know what my childhood looks like without Cartoon Network, but specifically in 97 without Toonami launching. Toonami was a game changer. Uh, like, absolutely. Toonami is the one, resp- like, 100% responsible for bringing anime to the to america period yeah what would we do without anime i watch anime every day (laughs) i don't the world the world is different if anime doesn't take off in the states because i can't imagine anime is a very big is a big market but since the world's still driven by money hope that changes but with the world being driven by money if things don't take off and like this in the united states and other western markets like they have a really hard time to keep going yeah uh so thank god for tsunami (laughs) and thank god they um picked up the license for dragon ball z oh god (laughs) what would we do without i mean i feel like that's the first big one and um tsunami wasn't the first people to try no bringing like the dragon ball franchise i think just regular dragon ball had been translated like dubbed previously it definitely had been. I didn't research where it aired. Because I know... I want to say Sailor, Fox. And that makes sense, because Sailor Moon technically first aired on Fox Kids. Yeah, I remember, like, at daycare, like, Dragon Ball, and then Sailor Moon would come mm-hmm. on. And I can't verify the veracity of the statement, because I was three right. or four. So who knows? Right. But that's what my brain is telling me. Dragon Ball aired on the same network as Sailor Moon, and Sailor Moon aired on fox kids yeah the sailor moon the pilot or first episode they're not pilots for anime uh because they don't listen everyone 
if they have an if they have an anime, they're like either gonna make this or not because that's that's just how they do it. They either they either have it already or they don't. They don't really do pilots. Yeah, um, pretty much. But the first episode aired on Fox Kids, and then later they would air the whole series on Toonami. Uh, the first anime that the show the show wow Toonami this mm-hmm. they called an action cartoon block aired where Sailor Moon Tenchi Muyo. Um, DBZ and uh, Mobile Suit Gundam. Wow, Gundam. They also they aired reruns of 1980s Thundercats and a show called Robotech that I'm not familiar with. Robotech is an anime, also. Oh. Robotech is um, it's Macross, Macross. Um, it's like two animes mushed together to make what we know as Robotech. Oh. <laughs> So it's also it's also a mech anime, so it kind of it fit in right with um, Gundam, um, but Robotech got really really big in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't expect to be talking about Robotech today, but here I am. You are. <laughs> Robotech got really really big in the eighties, and then they just couldn't kind of keep up the momentum. They ran out of footage because mm. it was kind of like it was a chimera of a show, um, kind of like Power Rangers, but less good. Right. Um, <laughs> But it was super popular. There's, like, all these novels that have been written. There's RPG systems that were made. And they just couldn't keep up the momentum. But there is currently, or at least there was, a an American Robotech comic, single-issue comic, that was being released. Oh. So, fun facts about Robotech. Thanks, Hope. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I've, I've talked about it a few times, but... Um... When they eventually, I've talked about Adult Swim a few times, Adult Swim launched in 2001, which is the, it started as the Sunday evening block on Cartoon Network, uh, and they originally just aired on Sundays, and then on Thursdays, because I remember this, because it would repeat, mm-hmm. I remembered because I could never convince my mom to let me stay up Sunday, because school was the next day for Monday, but I'd want to mm-hmm. watch Cowboy Bebop, but she let me stay up Thursday, because Friday is Friday, even though there's schools, it's a Friday, you know? Yeah, it's like the last, I get it, it's the last day of the week, and you just have to show up, and then you get to rest. <laughs> right, especially like 2001, I'm like 10 or 9, so, like, it, it, school isn't real yet, kids, just to, school isn't real until you're like 13. Yeah, and then you just go there, and you just do a worksheet, and then you're done, and then when you turn 13, everything goes to hell. <laughs> They're like, all right, here's pre-algebra. They're like, wait, where's my worksheet? Oh no, we're we're doing like real work. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, Excuse no. Excuse me, it's in the book. What? <laughs> Ex- what? I have to write it down. Ex- I have to show my work. Excuse me, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's not what you prepared me for at all. Hey, American schooling system. I just show up, do my work. Wednesdays we have computer lab. I don't. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then I failed algebra, and then. <laughs> I failed algebra two, and then I had to take business math my senior year of high school. <laughs> Can you do taxes? I can't. No. That it was mostly just write a check. Here's how to write a check. <laughs> Did not cover taxes, which is wild. Why well, it's business math? I don't understand. I know. You think I tell people like, oh yeah, I had to take business math, and they're like, oh, then you know how to do your taxes, and I'm like, I know enough about how to do my taxes. That I know that I want to hire someone to do my taxes. <laughs> <laughs> um, something interesting all throughout this time that I didn't mean to mention before I get too into Adult Swim is Cartoon Network aired their new episodes for cartoons on Friday evenings, which, and it was called Cartoon Cartoon Fridays, and Cartoon Cartoon was their, like, branding, like, Nickelodeon had Nicktoons. Um, yeah, I couldn't remember that in the Nicktoons episode. Um, I just want to let everyone know it's cartoon cartoons. <laughs> and I remember it was a doop, 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 cartoon cartoons. <laughs> and I would be like, time to flee. And then I would run. <laughs> um, and that, that was their like new episode block, which was again, interesting because most cart, like you still, you got like, for me and Brenda, this was like our normal was like episodes were just on whenever and I feel like in my head I was cemented like Friday was new episode day. I even still think that mm-hmm. now for shows. Yeah. But. That's ingrained. That's like new. Like for kids that were a little bit older than us, like that was like hot newness. Because it was Saturday. Even for like networks, it was Saturday morning. That's when new episodes mm-hmm. air. 
And then it's like, it's night. It's at the, it's in the nighttime. Right. It was like, which I think is better because like a lot of times your family wants to do something on the weekend and you can't watch your Saturday morning cartoons, Exactly. But you can just stay up a little bit later on Friday and watch all your new brand new cartoons. Exactly. And if you don't, again, these shows, like once we're into two, like in the two thousands, like they've aired so many episodes of like Johnny Bravo or Dexter or whatever, like they have so many reruns that it doesn't really matter to you as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. But growing up, it was definitely like, oh, and then remember when Fridays would conflict with Disney Channel movies? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, the yeah, that was rough. You had to pick? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that was rough. Dark days. Like, Disney Channel, yeah, Disney Channel wouldn't re-air the movie, so you would generally have to pick the Disney Channel yeah. movie and then just hope nothing important happens in your favorite cartoons, which a lot of times it's nothing would really happen yeah they, we're not really in like linear stories so much like for anime you were yeah you'd watch your anime yes but like but anime wasn't friday nights. no cartoons it was kind of like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it was like well i don't get to see johnny bravo ha- get punched <laughs> basically what it, it's like oh how does it <laughs> is it the christmas special no well fine oh uh, i just need to watch the christmas one that's it <laughs> Christmas one, Scooby-Doo one. That's all I've watched. Oh, look, Scooby-Doo one is, is absolutely Just art. Amazing. So good. Uh, how deep we going so on? Are... How long we going on Cartoon Network? Because, I mean, it still yeah, exists. Okay. It, when, where do, where Let, do we want to stop? <laughs> Let me propose a proposal similar to our Nicktoons episode. I think there's definitely more to talk about because we've only really reached the 2000s. Yep. <laughs> and there still is a lot more to talk about. So let us declare it right now that this is part one of Cartoon Network. This is part and one. Next week. I'll do Adult Swim. I'll do, I'll do the <laughs> Adult Swim. I can. Oh, go ahead. Uh, the, in- the, very, the most interesting thing about Adult Swim is to this day, and even when it started, they have their own ratings, which is interesting because they're, they are Cartoon Network, mm-hmm. but they have their own logo, their own bumpers, their own branding. Like, they are pretty much allowed to do whatever they want. At night, <laughs> like Cartoon Network is like, yeah, keep it at night, and we don't care. Like they get their own budget, their own everything. It is almost its own autonomous channel, just stuck on Cartoon Network, um, and they can get away with almost anything. So heaven forbid if you fall asleep watching like Adventure Time on <laughs> oh, Cartoon God. Network, and you wake up in the middle of the night and like, what's that really bad dog one? Mr. Pickles oh, yeah. is on, and oh god, I hate thinking about Mr. Pickles. I did, oh. I did love Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. Oh, that was clever. That one, if you woke up in the middle of the night and Harvey Birdman was on, it would it'd just be like pretty normal. I remember being just like, a couple. I'd watch Harvey Birdman, and then I had to find something to do for thirty minutes because C Lab would come on, <laughs> and I hated C Lab. And then Cowboy Bebop C-Lab would come bad. on, and I was like, "Cool, Cowboy Bebop," and then I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. That's that is not it for Cartoon Network, but that is 2001 Adult Swim launches, which is the start of something new for them. Uh, Adult Swim had the president of Adult Swim had to quit his job in the 2000s because they had a media campaign for Aqua Teen Hunger Force where they left like oh. yeah, remember they left like weird oh, I remember. they left weird black boxes around the city of Boston and people thought they were bombs and so he had he was like oh I did a very bad thing I'll quit. <laughs> It's like, this is a post-9-11 universe in which they left black boxes with a strange character in lights on it all around Boston, um, and it got real ugly. Yeah, because they, they thought it'd be a cool viral campaign, and this is kind of part of course for Adult Swim. They don't know how to read the room. No, they don't. <laughs> so they did that, like, the year after 9-11, I think. And yeah, yeah, that they Cartoon Network was like, hey, we said you can do what you want at night. That was the daytime. You got to (laughs) go. You crossed over into our time. Now leave. (laughs) You broke the one rule of Adult Swim. You did something when the sun was shining down upon your face. Yeah, Adult Swim happens when God isn't listening. (laughs) Yeah, God goes to sleep just like everyone else. That's the rule. But you have to be awake. (laughs) Uh... That is the rule for Adult Swim. But yeah, we will... We got more Cartoon Network for you, because there's still the 2000s. There's the Craig McCracken stuff. Oh, we gotta talk about, one, Craig McCracken. Two, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Oh, yeah. Uh, Coldly Loco. Coldly Loco. Coldly Loco is on a list of best Cartoon Network shows ever. Well, that's a lot. (laughs) But it's... (laughs) I like it. 
don't get me wrong. I think it's cool. But best? Is this like a top 10 list? It was. Is this a top 5 list? It was top 15. Oh, 15? Okay. I think it can make it up to... Are we not counting Adult Swim? So, like, Cowboy Bebop's off the table. Yeah, it's, it was, like, strictly Cartoon okay. Network shows. Okay, so it's like... God, am I going to have to think of what my rating of Cartoon Network shows we is might, now? To we like, might have to. We might have to hash out what our Cartoon... All right, we're going to have to figure that one out for next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I have stuff up until, like, about 2010, because I haven't interacted with Cartoon Network a lot past then, but there's a lot going on mm-hmm. between 2001 and 2010. It was a time. Um, here's a preview. Cartoon Network decided to invest in live action oh, God. programming. Oh, God. So a uh, network with cartoon in the name <laughs> had no cartoons for a while. And Damn, they... That absolutely sucked. It was bad. They they were like, hey, we got this new thing. It's called Seeing Real. And you can tell they were, they were trying to do something. Like, I think they were trying to compete with Nick because Nick at the time is like, their live action stuff is much better than their cartoons because they have like Drake and Josh mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. iCarly after that. Um, before that, like, they had a slew of good li- like Nickelodeon always had a good balance of like their cartoons were good and their live action was good yeah they didn't have cartoon in the name of yeah their that's channel, they're not so they the cartoon could... channel <laughs> a lot of their live action stuff is just incredibly iconic so yeah Cartoon Network well yeah. we'll save some for next time we got time. some for next time yes our music is provided by three <laughs> let me I'm gonna begin that one more time our music is provided by Freedom Trail Studios. You can find them on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter at Nerd Mysteries. Uh, you can find me, host Austin, on Twitter at Sailor Scott Austin. That's Sailor S C T Austin. Uh, hit me up if you can find that Johnny Bravo Bollywood fan. Yeah, we have to see that. <laughs> we have to see that. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Batman and Sabin. B A T M A N S O B B I N. I like that was like very Oscar Mayer has a way. <laughs> um, <laughs> our show is edited and produced by the amazing host Brenda every week. Hi. Uh, <laughs> uh that's that's it. We're uh, that's we're all done. Uh, what's the thing? Until the next mystery. <laughs> I couldn't remember it either. So <laughs> until the next mystery, mysteries. What's the name of? We don't have any. We don't. Hey, fans, hey, so. what's it? You listening? You're a fan. What do you want to be called? What do you want me to call you? C- give up with it. I can't name you. Like you have to tell me what you are. You know, I don't. I don't want to yeah, take that agency our... from you. Yeah. So, um, hit us up on our Twitter and let us know if you th- can think of anything clever because I sure can't. What about invest? <laughs> you want to be investigators? Are we all investigators? I don't know. That sounds too much like cops. You know. Yeah. We're going to stray away from that, but it would be really fun if they could be like a little little alligator in a deerstalker cap. That would be good. That would be cute. I want to say like mystery team, but that's clearly Scooby-Doo. And listen, yes. I know it's someone's job at the Scooby-Doo family to just listen for their name and sue people. So we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all that they do at scooby Inc. <laughs> they're just like, they're listening to the radio waves. They're like, oh, there's one. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Hit him with that DMCA. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye.